This is Break the Matrix, a movement of self-liberation. You're here because you're waking up. You're remembering who you are. I believe that if enough of us unplug from the matrix, from the systems, beliefs, and ideas that keep us disconnected from our power, we become free. Together, we break the matrix. Welcome back to Break the Matrix. I am your host, Tiffany Paul, and welcome to the movement to self-liberate. I truly believe that freedom and liberation is an inside job. And so I try to balance my conversations here on the podcast with, you know, otherworldly things such as aliens and intuition and ascension and quantum physics with very real grounded human experiences and conversations. Because the reality is we are souls having a human experience. And as much as we want to reconnect and remember the infinite nature of our souls, I believe it's equally important that we harness and take ownership and cherish this human experience, the ups and the downs, all of it. And so today's guest is incredibly potent. She is one who has stepped firmly and without question into her full power, into her authenticity. And this power is available to each and every one of you. And the beautiful thing about her authenticity is that it shifts and changes and evolves just like the rest of ours, except for she's giving herself that permission, that sacred permission, that primal permission to grow and evolve. And so if you are feeling called to make a change or reinvent yourself, we are going to be talking today all about stepping into that next level version you. We are going to be talking about calling in that divine support, whether you call it God, spirit, source, universe, but honoring that us alone in this human body is incomplete, not as powerful without connecting to the source that we came from. And so today she looked me in the eye because we are doing this interview via video and she says, you're not enough. And my instinct reaction was like defensive, like, what do you mean I'm not enough? I have, you know, been on this whole journey of remembering who I am and my innate worthiness. But as she explains it further, it's not an issue of being of worth. She truly believes and teaches that we are innately of worth. And so that's not what she's talking about here. She offers the idea and opens up the conversation to discussing Were we ever meant to be enough? Have we just been programmed to go on this like never-ending journey of feeling enough only to never arrive because that was never the intention? Since when did we decide that we alone had to be enough? We open the dictionary in this conversation and the definition of enough is as many or as much as needed. And if you really sit with that, Again, when did we decide that we alone had to carry the burden of being enough? What if the entire intention 
in this lifetime was to co-create, was to connect, was to support one another, to ask for help, to surrender to a higher power, to let God fill in the cracks, the universe source, to be lifted up by the invisible power around us, along with the people in our community. What if that was the intention? What if we were never meant to be enough? And so what first caught me off guard, I have truly, really embodied. And it's freed me in ways, again, from this programming that teaches us we need to feel enough as we are. Going back to last week's conversation, I I feel like they build upon each other so nicely. The number one hack that Brianna provides is choosing, accepting, and loving yourself as you are incomplete with your flaws as you are not changing a thing not waiting to feel enough to truly love and accept and validate yourself because that day may never come we may never have been designed to feel enough as we are your enoughness may be in relationship with another with god with source with spirit with your friends with your dog That may make you feel enough to feel whole and your highest self. And that doesn't mean codependent relationships. It just means finding a way to equally self-validate and open up to the support and love from the universe and from others. So I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Victoria Washington. She describes herself as part money medicine woman, part business wizard, and part straight-talking spiritual best friend. She is the founder of WeFlow, the wealth embodiment flow, where women are guided through a series of postures, breath patterns, and mantras that help them release financial trauma from their bodies. She always weaves together somatic movement, business strategy, and spiritual wisdom in supporting her community. I have taken a few of her programs and she is just a powerhouse. Like I literally vibrate and the words that she speaks, it's potent and it really builds on last week's episode. So if you enjoyed today and you haven't had a chance to go listen to last week's episode on breaking free from the external validation program, I think they go together quite nicely and these two women, Brianna and Victoria, are powerhouses. I almost wanted to separate them, but I felt together they are literally going to move you into your next level. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. If you loved this episode, please write a review, share it with a friend, put it on social media, tag us, let us know what your biggest takeaway was, let us know what you thought. And thank you so much for tuning in and being part of the movement to self-liberate and break free from the matrix. And without further delay, let's take a listen to our conversation with Victoria Washington. Feel free to connect with her online after the show on Instagram at I am Victoria Washington for all of her offerings. And I will also link everything in the show notes. You are in the midst of kind of a shift in the way you're presenting yourself out into the world. I don't know how you're feeling internally, but I thought this was an important conversation because I think so many are transitioning their identity who they thought they were into who they're meant to be or releasing what no longer serves them and kind of honoring the next evolution of who they're becoming. So Mm -hmm. just like take us 
into the journey of this letting go of the old and stepping into the new. And then we can kind of, you know, break down any piece of it that we feel called to. The interesting part is everything I've done up until this point has already blown my mind. I've gone from bankruptcy to crossing over a million dollars in cash. We've moved into a new house. We've I've restored relationships in my family that I thought were long gone. I've create recreated a connection with my sister. I have a nephew now. There's so many things in my life that have happened. So the interesting thing is, this is so important, and I just feel like this is a breakthrough for somebody listening, is that I could have waited for there to be a lot of pain for me to make this pivot. But the true shift is I don't need to wait for it to get so bad or I don't need to be sick of something or upset to change, to move, to evolve, to grow. So this is really coming off of a masterpiece. This change is coming off of an absolute masterpiece of beauty, of breakdown, of love, of hurt, of fear, of trust, of all the different things. And so it has a different reverence to it. and. It shows me that we're deathly afraid of being worthy. We are so afraid of being worthy and big and powerful because if that were the case, we wouldn't say no. We would walk into the room. We would go do the thing. We would move on God's behalf. And everybody in their own timing is going to have that moment of, it. it's me. It's, it's I have to raise my hand. And I was just teaching this right before this podcast inside Wealth Embodiment Flow or Membership. And I felt this image come through of, you know, the mountain that I always speak of where I feel we're all in the valley of life and there's all these different mountains that we're going to cross and move through and stand on. Every person is going to meet their comfort zone, which after coaching hundreds of humans, women specifically, it's always around 70%. When I ask a woman, how much are you playing? On a scale of one to 100, 100 being you are all in, you are holding nothing back. This is, you are fully available for life to be lived through you. They'll say about a 70%. And it dawned on me that mentorship and programs and coaching and self development, all of it is going to get you to 70%. It's going to get you feeling comfortable, actually. And that 70% to 100% is you and God. It's you and your vision. It's you and you. And when you know how to walk with you, you can go anywhere. But when where you walk is connected to, oh, I can't go without that, can't go without that, can't go without that, you're always going to stay at 70. Because 70 is connected to everything that is comfortable. It's connected to everything that helped you, that celebrated you, that validated you, that affirmed you, that cheered you on. And then there's that last little bit of the peak And you're like, that's me in my cellular memory. That's me in spirit. That's me in a version of myself that I'll never know until I get to that peak. And nobody can take that walk for you. And it has to be you full on in it, ready to roll. Yes. And when you were speaking, the word that came to mind is permission. I think it's so often we're looking for permission from other people like mentors, our husband, a book, a podcast to like this conversation right here, like give you permission to go the hundred percent. And what I feel like so many really are desiring is 
that permission from within. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a subconscious or maybe it's a conscious thing holding so many back. But you and I have talked about how stepping into your power is actually quite vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that extra 30% to me represents your power. It's like you can be good. You can be exceptional at 70%. But fucking 100% means you're fucking fully charged. You're like out there as all of you. Mm-hmm. And so talk to me about how you have found that connection within to just fucking go all in to 100%. Turn the dial all the way up on Tori. Mm. Once you start to play and you see God's bigger vision, you can't unsee it. So you can spend your whole life pretending you can't see it, which I did. And I think many people do sometimes. Yeah, I'll get to that. I I can't see it all the way. I don't know. I don't have the resources. I don't have this. We pretend not to see the full scope of what we're being called into in an unconscious effort to delay it. And for me, it is about timing and listening to the timing, not the right time or the wrong time, but the timing that's in the room in the present moment. And there's certain decisions that I made this year. Now sitting in the seat I am today, I know exactly why I made that decision. It it already gave birth to the version that's coming alive right now. And so I've made a conscious choice this year to sit in ceremony with my expanded self and to speak with her and understand her and know her name and know what she stands for and know what she believes for. And I focused on that and I qualified my desires based off of would it be wonderful and expansive for me now? And I took it to her and God. And is it going to be the legacy that we're here to create later? It has Mm -hmm. to be now and later. And so the decisions that I made, the choices, the points of no return, we all have those in our life, those points of no return, those conversations where you're like, you walk away, nothing's ever going to be the same after that conversation. The question, each of us has one question. If I ask that question, it's never going to be the same after this. So it's those points of no return. And if we're paying close enough attention Those points of no return stack on top of each other. And all of a sudden you're in a different room. You didn't even realize it and you can't unsee it. That action step forward, the point of no return may not be rebranding yourself and launching your business. Your point of no return may be leave the job, leave the relationship, end things, create space so that you can build anew. I had to collapse so many things so that I could make space for what was to be birthed into life next. And so I could hear and so I could listen. I needed to slow down so I could hear the whispers, the call, the pull, like you said. When we're forcing, that's us doing. When we're being pulled, that's God doing. And so talk to me about periods where you've had to deconstruct, collapse, let go of in order to step into this new iteration. I was just talking about this today with one of my mentors three years ago. This time we were filing bankruptcy. I was filing. Who's we? I was filing bankruptcy. (laughs) I do that all the time. Like we here on the podcast. Um, It's me. The whole team and my lawyer. Um, That happened three years ago. And Mm -hmm. it was the darkest hole 
of scarcity I've ever been in. I it's interesting speaking about it now. I can't I can feel I can feel the reverence I hold for that girl and that version of myself, but I can't feel the pain, which is so beautiful to experience right now because that's how you know it's transcended into something else. But I do have many journal entries and so many memories of how did I get here? How how did this happen? How are we doing this right now? I remember thinking that walking into the courthouse and then I remember sitting on the bench outside the courthouse just drenched in shame, just didn't know how, how I was going to talk to people about this. How am I ever going to get a house? Like all the things that they project onto you when you go make a move like that. And that ended up being one of the best decisions I made in my entire life. And it offered a moment of clarity. It, it was the moment of submission of I submit myself to whatever's happening next. I'm going to literally, quite literally empty myself. And the decisions that I made leading up to bankruptcy, I was so afraid I'd be judged for them. Even speaking about it now, I can kind of feel the judgment. Well, how'd you get into bankruptcy? And you just never know what somebody's holding. You never know why they've done something. There's these stories that credit card debt is only racked up from spending, but I was surviving on my credit cards. There wasn't any money coming in and I wasn't in a position after I I left a relationship, moved across the country. There's just so many things that my identity was entangled in. Those moments are the moments you're going to remember those are the moments that turn into masterpieces. And I always say that that was my financial setback turned into a financial masterpiece. Who knew that three years later I'd found I would be the CEO of a global money membership? Who knew that thousands of women would be restoring their wealth identity through a practice that I channeled right after emptying everything? You never know what's already been set up for you. You don't even know what you're standing on. We perceive our setbacks as these chokeholds, these chains, but oftentimes they are podiums for our deepest medicine. And sometimes, I'm trying to try to say this how I'm getting it, and this is difficult if you're in the thick of it, so if this triggers you, disclaimer, but sometimes the way you're, you can't control how God's going to use you. You can't control how God's going to use your instrument. I, I don't know that I'd be able to hold the work that I do with such reverence if I didn't file bankruptcy. So now a woman comes to me and her story doesn't scare me. She could tell me anything and I'd say, let's go. Cause I've started from lit, quite literally nothing, just, I it, just full on disgust in, in what I was carrying in those moments. So I, can see her, but I would not be able to see that if I if I didn't move through that. So our our perception gets to continuously be changed on behalf of something bigger than us. But if you need your perception to always stay convenient for you, you're never going to be able to actually expand. And so I try to remind myself in those seasons, and I've had many the last few years, that this is a setup. This is a setup for something. And I could play the game like I'm weak and I could play the game like I'm wrong and I'm not going to make it out or I can play the game like I'm here and God's not done yet. If I still have breath in my lungs, 
God's not done yet. And so neither am I. And that holds me every time. Yes. And I think that it's in the breakdown from my personal experience that like my faith just grew exponentially because the only thing I could grab onto in like when I lost everything was this must be for for a reason. I'm being called to a bigger game. Like my vision was not God's vision. And mm-hmm. so having that faith actually, I for lack of a better term, like it's like trains you conditions you to be like, just grab onto faith. That's like all that really matters. And so when your head is above sea level, above the water, and you can breathe again, you're like, you've exercised this muscle of faith, like listening in, listening in, like being guided, being guided, because it's what got you out of the hole. And what when you use faith to get you out of a rock bottom and to rebuild, then you are building from such a beautiful energy and frequency from which I was never building for before that. I was only building from the ego mind, from uh, Mm. an energy of proving myself, leaving my corporate job and like, I have to make this work because I took this big leap. I made this big sacrifice. Everybody's watching me. Mm. But that crumbling um, allowed me to see all the energy because I didn't consciously realize I was building from Uh, proving and a need to validate myself through my achievements until I lost it all. And so Mm -hmm. if anybody is in that moment of rock bottom right now, just trust that like there may be a a bigger vision that we aren't even aware of because we only can see like what's in front of us. We're so conditioned to look to the linear world in front of us. The game of faith is not fucking one plus one equals two. It multiplies. You talk about this all the time about multiplication. And actually, in my darkest hour, like one of the sermons that I love, have you heard the one, it's like Oprah talks about it. I don't know the reverend, but it's like the breaking of the the bread. And it's like, it's the blessing. I'm going to send it to you. You love it. But it's like, it's in the breaking that the blessing exists because it was like the story of like how God multiplied the bread. He like... You yeah, know, like yeah, Jesus, yeah, everybody yeah. comes to Jesus, whatever story that was in the Bible, then yeah. he breaks it. And there was enough for everybody. It was, it was, in, the, it was in the breaking that the blessing occurred, the multiplication occurred. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting like goosebumps because I feel that so deeply that it was like in the breaking down, my blessings multiplied more than I could have ever done on my own. Mm-hmm. And I love how you talk about, you know, in the self-development space, there's all this conversation around like, you're enough, like, it's not saying it's not, there's not a place for that. It's just mm-hmm. saying, okay, and what? Because as women like you, like me, like step into our power, like where are the leaders talking about, okay, I fucking am worthy. I'm ready to go. And we need leaders like you, like leading this woman that are like so fucking in their power and ready to go and like create a legacy. So mm-hmm. I would love to talk about, where, what do we talk about when we come from a place of assuming that I am enough, I am worthy, and it's go time? The, the, the story of am I enough never goes away. Yeah. So, because the truth is, you're not enough. You're not. You're human. We're a fractal of the whole. We're a fractal of the, the creator. And so without that life force, that vitality, the spirit of God living within the not enough human, we aren't. And that's hard for some people to hear because their whole quest for life is to feel enough. And the only time I've felt the, I am, it's not even, I am enough. What if you felt I am the only time I've really felt that is deep in prayer 
and when I truly feel the spirit of God living through me. That's that's it. And sometimes I dip and I go back to my humanness and then I go back into prayer and you, you play. And we get to stop making ourselves wrong. We're never going to unneed each other. We're never going to unneed prayer. We're never going to not need God. We're never going to not need support. And so it's it's less of the question, am I enough? And will you ask for support? Because you aren't. Will you help other humans who may need the support? Will you allow God to fill in the gap? Will you allow grace into your life? Will you pray? Will you move? Will you still go? Like those are the bigger questions, but we've almost been programmed, especially in self-development. We've been programmed to ask, am I enough? We've been programmed to go on this spiritual quest of worthiness. Yeah. But as I always say in House of We, you are of worth. You are of enoughness, but there's going to be plenty of human moments where you simply aren't because the human will is always going to kind of fall short. You need spirit, you need vitality, you need that extra connection to truly move the needle. It's, I say it with such truth because I've seen it in my own life. I've done it my way plenty of times and I'll tell you what, it wasn't enough. And then I've done it with God and it's been a masterpiece. And that's why I always come back to that. And I always remind myself that it's not about me being enough. It's about me being who I am in God's image. And it's about me walking in that full faith and asking more powerful questions that are going to usher me into the rooms that I'm truly meant to be in. But if I'm asking, am I enough? What room is that going to walk me into? Yeah. Mm, I feel that so powerfully. I, when you say I am, imagining myself saying it and what that feels like in my body. And to me, I am is more powerful than I am enough because I am enough instantly brings forward all the shit I think I'm not enough at versus Mm -hmm. I am. It's like this powerful embodiment of like everything that I am, the good, the bad, because there's light and shadow to every single thing on, on this planet, every single individual. So to say I am, it's to stand in all that you are, the imperfections, the mm-hmm. perfections. So I think I understand uh, what you're saying. And so, and it's beautiful because what did I just say? What else can we talk about? <laughs> you say, what else can we talk about? And I'm like, oh, I yeah. never heard anybody say that because we're <laughs> too fucking caught up in the old rhetoric and narrative. Like you said, programming us to question, am I enough? Our instincts are, most of us don't feel enough, men and women, mm-hmm. just on our own. Because like even if it's a small percentage, and so fucking let that go. We're talk, we talked about mm-hmm. the ability to release and let go, to let new in. Like this is a belief system that maybe we can release anybody listening right here now. Like let go of this desire to feel like I am enough and just mm-hmm. exist in the I am. And in those moments that you don't feel I am enough, then trust that God, source, whatever you believe in, is that missing puzzle piece to make you whole. I mm-hmm. fully agree that we're not here to do it alone, whether that be in community, like with other humans, or with the connection to spirit. And so I also like how you tied that into letting that like fill the cracks, like letting source fill the cracks, because with source energy, in those cracks where maybe you feel deficient or not enough, with the power and guidance of God, you are enough, mm-hmm. but it's not, I am enough on it on my own. So I actually just looked up the dictionary definition. You know, I love to find the code. 
And enough by definition is as much or as many as required. So Mm, bike drop. What you're really saying (laughs) when you say I'm enough is I am as much as what is required. And who's in charge of deciding what's required? Somebody else that you're giving your power to. So the question is, is at the root of it, I'm enough, but for what and for who and for when? It's always going to come with extra circumstances, whereas I am cuts that all off and it's I am and I am and I am. And in that you walk every step, I am, I am, I am. And you allow God to fill that gap and answer for you. Just wait. Let it show, let God show you what's after I am. And I bet you, your breath will be taken away. And in the definition, it says something about like, as much as needed is required or something like that. I'm not as good at words as the dictionary, but enough is as much or as many as required. As many as required. Yes. So it's the as many as required that I think also let let land in the space because that means that it's possible that you are enough in community with God. We aren't meant to do this alone. And somewhere along the way, so many of us decided that to be enough meant that we had to do it alone. And I totally am a recovering lone wolf. I know that you have been on a similar journey. And only since I opened my eyes to the ability to call in support, call in resources outside of me, have I been able to step into my full power because it is those kind of missing pieces to my essence that are actually activating me into full force. It is us together activating one another. What if we saw each other as not threats or competition, but we saw each other as fractions of one another? Like there's nothing that I am going to experience in another human that I don't also have within myself. And if I'm not consistently in relationships that I'm revealing myself to, and I'm exposing myself to, then I'm living a lie. And it's the most beautiful journey. It's why I run my groups the way I do. It's why I have you guys look at each other. It's why I have you guys hear and listen to each other, because that's what we avoid doing in real life. We're just in our own world, doing our own thing, living our own dream. I'm going to run to the mountain. I'll be first, you know? And then You get in a room and you sit down and you look across from somebody for more than two minutes and your whole world changes. So community is everything to me now. And it's changed the way we run our company. It's changed the intimacy in our spaces. And I, if anybody listening is resonating with this, I highly recommend getting in a room where you can expose yourself. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy, but it's a huge part of your leadership. You will lead 200,000 times better and with more integrity and more grace and more truth and purpose when you're in community. I want to just emphasize that point that if there's a program that allows you to be in community that you think the content is interesting, great. But also the healing opportunities that arise when you are in a group of women or just community period are unlike anything you will ever be able to do in some sort of self-study program. Also, the more you do it, you talk about like the ice bath analogy where mm-hmm. it's like, it's uncomfortable. You sit in the ice bath. It's uncomfortable. You don't like how you feel, but the more you do it, the more you could actually fucking walk in a room and lose the story because now you have actual experience 
mm-hmm. of being accepted in community and you can stand in your power much more fully. And so do you have any other advice for like other lone wolves out there that are looking to break free from that and embrace the community? Is it finding a program like this? Where do they start? I think the connection between belonging and power is important to understand because your power is directly connected to your belonging. When Mm -hmm. you don't feel like you belong, you take the long way. When you trust and know that you belong, you walk straight into the room. And true power doesn't have to hide. True power does not have to hide. Power that is being replicated, regurgitated, that's being suppressed, that's being manipulated, contorted has to hide. But true, free-flowing power that's rooted in belonging never has to hide. And if you – I had you guys do this in Mic Drop. If you imagined every single person that you're you're walking in the room with was reflecting back to you, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to compare myself to you. I'm not here to take something from you. It's changing that voice in our head of we're either going to create the narrative for them or I'm going to tell myself what they're saying based off of what I'm giving. So I'll have you guys sit eye to eye and without using words, send her the signal through your body that I'm not here to judge you. Start to memorize that feeling when you walk into the room. Rather than be so focused on somebody seeing you or making you belong, see yourself, belong within yourself, and then you'll actually be able to see other people. Focus on seeing other human beings because as you see them in their power, you will find that your whole body and the way that you walk into the room changes. So before I walk into every single room, I'll say to myself, as energy moving out, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to judge anybody in this room. I'm not here to compare myself to anybody in this room. And I hold that energetic footprint. And then I'm not so focused on see me, see me, uh, do I belong? It's how can I see you fully? How can I be so immersed in this conversation that they feel like they belong? And then the whole night goes by and it's, wow, I didn't expect to have that much fun. I was making a joke inside House of We. That Q wanted was going. We we're going to a birthday party, and I had a really long week where we had something every night in a row. And I ended up working. It was right after the immersion. We had the two day immersion, so by Wednesday I was like, "Mama needs to stay at home. I'm just not really feeling anything." And I went up to him and I said, um, "For the birthday party, can we leave after 60 minutes? I think that's my my energetic <laughs> capacity." And these were all new people, so everything you're talking about, I was like, "I just want a lone wolf right now and cuddle up and not do yeah. anything." Like they're all the enemy right now. And he's like, um, no, we're going to stay for at least two hours because it's like a 30-minute drive. And long story short, I got to the party. And at first, I was so uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know what I have in common with these people. I'm walking in with a white hat. They are, okay, I dressed way too – like I'm already in my head yeah. about everything that I did. And I snapped back into that of I'm not here to judge them. I'm not here to compare myself to them. I'm here to see them. I had some of the best conversations. Mm-hmm. I met this woman who was actually a coach. I had no idea. Then we started talking. We had played this game. We were eating food. She got us vegan um, pizza because I can't have freaking cheese right now. She went above and beyond. Then we had amazing drinks. She had this beautiful cake. And we stayed for like three hours. In fact, she was like, babe, we got to go. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm having a great time. And then all of a sudden you belong. And so it's as simple as that. Like that exercise Mm -hmm. right there, try it next time you're going somewhere and 
you, I just was so blessed after that night. I go, what a gift. These humans who I would have never met any other way. They're never going to be in my Instagram DMs. They're not going to be in my, you know, coaching programs. I think that as, as leaders, we can get really caught up in our bubble and walk outside the bubble and go see some other people and you'll, you'll feel it. You'll yeah. recognize a lot. And it's a practice and it's like like the setting the intention and then just being aware of your energy. Similar practice I have when I'm in rooms is when I feel that energy of reach, like I'm trying to sound smart or seem cool or seem any which way other than myself. Mm -hmm. It's like fucking reel it in and sit sit down. (laughs) But just like setting intention, being aware Mm -hmm. of your energy. It's like it's fucking time to break free from this old bullshit from any story or person or parent that told you that like being you wasn't safe. It is safe to be you. And so many of us have this program that it's not safe and it feels too vulnerable, but Mm -hmm. let's just fucking, let's just end it right here and now. Like let's start practicing and it doesn't need to be a game of perfect, but I just Mm -hmm. love that really tactical value piece of advice because I know so many step into a room and feel uncomfortable. I told Q after Million Dollar Moves, I taught that whole class with no makeup on and a robe. And yeah. it felt, it was something I would never do. Before I would always get my makeup done, I'd have, you know, the whole shebang. And I don't know what happened after my birthday. I'm just like, I don't feel like wearing makeup right now. And I'm, I'm going to teach in a robe for the next few weeks. It's the end of the year. I'm doing my thing. And it was the most, to this day, Million Dollar Moves was hands down, one of the best, most potent programs I've ever taught and the most connected I dropped in with a group ever and the most I've ever seen a group come together. Like you guys right away. And I walked over to Q after one of the calls and I said, babe, crazy shit happens when you just be, when you just decide to be yourself. Like really crazy stuff starts to happen. And we just busted out laughing because he's like, you're so right. It's like, and that crazy stuff that wants to happen, so many of us won't find out because we just won't be ourselves. And it 100%. sounds so simple. We've made being ourselves so complicated and so hard. I believe that everybody's going to have that moment where they rip the mask off, they rip the wig off, they rip the lipstick off, they rip the whatever off, and they just – it's too much to actually hold that. It's not too much to be me. Yes. Oh, mic drop. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. And for me, the greatest healing that has come from this past year is being in the presence of other women who are just like so themselves. I'm just like, it's so healing. And so not only is showing up as all of you going to attract everything and more that you're dreaming of, I promise you, it is going to literally transmit into anybody you interact with. Mm -hmm. It has been the most healing practice for me to see other people step into their power and be themselves. And as I've stepped more fully into who I am, period, that's it. The opportunities, the receptivity, the messages, the impact, the money, like it just starts coming because simply you're in a higher vibration because you are just fucking you. Like Mm -hmm. you said, it, it is harder to hold the weight of trying to fit yourself into some version of you that either is no longer mm-hmm. resonant. It's no longer feels right. It's never, never was you. 
once you take the leap, it's just so much easier, such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And so the last thing I want to ask you about is the grief process, because mm-hmm. I have found that stepping into the true me, you have to let go of these false labels, false uh, identities, or, or even just old identities mm-hmm. that just no longer fit. And I still sometimes like a little bit of grief will pop up here and I'll feel sad about this past version of me here. Have you felt any of that? Of course. I don't think grief goes away. I think that we experience it in different layers at different times in different ways all throughout our life. And for me, I, I haven't, the way that grief shows up in my life is we're always going to be grieving old versions and old things. I think it's just something that we're going to experience. And there's sometimes a fear of if I go over here and go do this thing or I go and be who I really am, I'm leaving behind the version of me that was holding it all. Or I'm leaving behind that person who's connected to that version of me. Or I'm leaving behind the pain that's connected to the person that I lost. Or I'm leaving – grief comes from the feeling of of loss just in general. And so, yes, the – key is duality and learning how to hold more than one thing at a time and learning that all of you gets to be in the room. So in the context of money, how I teach it is your wealth identity can hold all of your humanness. Your wealth identity can hold the parts of you that grieve, can hold the parts of you that feel scared sometimes, can hold the parts of you that feel scarcity, and it can hold the part of you that's connected to overflow, that's ready to become wider, more expanded, more pronounced. It's only when we start to walk with that apology that it it runs our life. But when we can walk unapologetically in the both and, I'm sad and I'm powerful. I'm ready and I'm not so sure. I'm like both of those things are existing at the same time and not one has to be completely gone for the other to exist and live. And so it's a practice of focus and it's a practice of continuous self-forgiveness and having that grace. There's a video I posted on, we have to stop making ourselves wrong. We have to stop making grief wrong, sadness wrong, all those natural human things. They're not wrong. They're part of our whole makeup. And the more we can stop fixing them and simply experience them, the more that our bodies can show our mind just how intelligent we really are, just how much we've, we've actually got it. Yeah. It's back to the, I am right. That's like all of it, holding all of it. Well, thank you, my friend, please tell everybody where they can find you, how they can work with you, what you have for them in the new year. And we will link everything in the show notes as well. You can come hang out on Instagram. I'm at I am Tori Washington And everything's on Instagram. So if you ever need to be updated, you can come find it there. Perfect. Thank you so much. This was just so healing. And I know it's going to be so potent for so many. So thank you so much, Tori, for being you. Love you. Love you. (laughs) 